Welcome back to In the Trenches podcast, a podcast by youth pastors for youth pastors. In today's episode, Gary, Charlie, and Elliot are sitting down with the one, the only, Tyler Clark. We hope you enjoy today's episode. We are back with another episode of In the Trenches, and we are excited because this is technically now, I want to say, Episode 47. What place are you in in fantasy football? I'm in fourth. third. Oh, and, and I'm in Elliot's fourth. in fourth. Yeah. I'm in fifth. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Three, Look four, five right here. Look at that. How are you fifth? Because I, I lost to stupid you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but I knew that's why. Also, I'm in fourth <laughs> with like lower points than most people. That week, I would have beat everybody in our league except you. Yeah. Dude, isn't that Trash. the worst? That's there's the nothing, worst. There's nothing like that. But you know what is good? Beating JJ. Castillo. Mm, yes. <laughs> Nothing JJ, feels like it. I hope he's listening. I hope you are listening because that is, yeah, that that's great. That's good stuff. <laughs> but um, again, this is not about fantasy football, even though I still think we should do a podcast on fantasy football. Um, but this is a podcast with our good friend Tyler Clark. Tyler, how you doing, man? Good, man. Happy to be here. Good, dude. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Fun fact, um, I got to meet Tyler in 2013. I want to say is the date. Right. Um, it was my first year of being a youth leader, and we were at summer camp, and he was our team captain. And he was also my team captain. Well, you were a student then, though, right? Not in two, 2013. Well, yeah, probably. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I'm two years year. old. Because you're old. I am. That's why my back still hurts. Uh, I was, yeah, I was a youth student, and he was my captain, and then he became my roommate. Whoa, there you go. Yeah. Just like that. Wow. Just like that. True. <laughs> and then he became my brother. <laughs> Um, but Tyler, man, how you doing? Good, man. Happy to be here. It's an honor to be a part of the podcast. First time, first time caller, all long time listener. So come on, yeah, nice. happy to be here. Nice, I like it. Um, we open the podcast uh, this way with everyone just giving you the floor to be able to share who you are, um, what you do, what church you're at, and um, some hobbies of yours. And of course, we ask the question of a crazy youth ministry story. So take it away. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, my name's Tyler. I'm currently serving as a youth pastor at Crossroads Temecula. I've been there for a month. Yeah. Um, I'm married to uh, Katie, and we have two kids together. Our son Griffin is three. Our daughter Elliot is two. And yeah, that, that's my is, favorite kid in the world, she bro. She's not named after <laughs> he Elliot. He has two children. She's named. <laughs> True. Yeah. I would like to. I would like to back up my former statement. That is going to be. I would like to retract. Saved forever. Yeah. I'll Anyways. play that for Griffin when he's old enough to understand. <laughs> yeah, but uh, together we're serving as the youth pastors over there. Uh, hobbies, uh, love to surf, and I'm getting into that SoCal youth pastor golfing game. So uh, that's not a thing. It, it, it is. It's well, it is. jump on the train. It's not for you. No, it's it's not. Charlie's like horseshoe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I like to shoot guns. <laughs> I don't understand. Cow tipping <laughs> is my sport of choice. <laughs> I don't understand golf, man. Yeah, it's pretty complicated. <laughs> just you like hit a little ball towards a hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's so rough. Many people, How do you do this? So many people have jumped on the golf game, and just I'm just like, magic wand. I don't, I don't get it, bro. He just can't find it after he drives. That's why he doesn't. That's yeah. the other thing. I've golfed once, and it's just not fun, in my opinion. I get it. That's my opinion. <laughs> um, but Tyler, man, what is a, a crazy youth ministry story that you have? 
Yeah, there's a few that uh, are not podcast appropriate, but the one that, that, does, debatable. that does come to mind is uh, when I was actually a senior in high school, we had an all-nighter, which is uh, youth pastors' worst nightmares, but students' favorite event. Mm. So we were at an all-nighter playing some sort of capture the flag or something outside, and our church is kind of back off of the main road. And uh, we, when we were playing, some this kid, we think it was a kid, drove by super fast on this dead-end road in front of our church, and it was kind of strange, and then all of a sudden you hear police sirens, you know, swinging by, and next thing you know, the cops are flying up and down the road looking for, we assume, the person in the car, and, and out from the street, he kind of walks through our, our parking lot, and there's like 50 kids outside. This 18-year-old looking kid comes and tries to like blend in with our youth group, <laughs> and we all know each other and know that he wasn't at the event and, and start to put it together like, okay, he's running from the cops, so they... We're trying to like wave them down to come into the parking lot because he's kind of trying to avoid us. And uh, a, a female officer responded and saw us and came down and was trying to basically put him in handcuffs, but he was giving her a run for his money. So essentially my youth pastor and I and this officer arrested a kid at an event. So wow. he wasn't a part of our church, but he was running from them. And so we assisted with an arrest, so it was pretty cool. That's sick. The Man, real yeah. question is, did your youth pastor include him in the numbers for the event? That's the real <laughs> you know what I'm right? saying? I was going to say, did he get a visitor's bag? Or yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is the best place for someone to go when they're, because we were all about like, yeah. There's a new student here. <laughs> hey, hey, hold on, officer. We have something for him. We yeah. just can need you, it. We fill out this connect card. Yeah, can you just check him in real quick? <laughs> right. We had 51, pastor. <laughs> Man, that's, that, that's, that's crazy. I don't think very many people can say they've had a youth event. Arrested somebody at a youth event. Yeah, that's, that's pretty wild. That's We've pretty had dope. Like 911 called for like an ambulance, but not cops. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But one thing we ask and we open up the podcast with outside of a crazy youth ministry story is we just want to hear your passions in youth ministry. And so, Tyler, I'll let you take that one away. Yeah, I'd say one of the biggest things that I'm passionate about in youth ministry is is what to do with students when they graduate. Mm. I think um, so much of our focus as youth pastors is poured into our weekly events, uh, discipling students, you know, obviously pouring into new newcoming kids that uh, you're trying to integrate into the youth ministry, but I think oftentimes when students graduate, especially from the town that I've served in before, uh, no one is looking to stick around. They all mm -hmm. want to leave. Um, some students do stay local, but many leave for college and, and kind of just how to merge that transition for students to kind of understand what's ahead of them. You know, I think, uh, realistically what's what's helped for me is just being real with students getting them to understand that if they do move away you know the hardest part's going to be to find a church community that they can get involved in and and serve in and uh in their college town and that's kind of one of the hardest transitions that i think students have to make um from their home church if they do end up leaving and, and finding a you know a quality church organization to get involved with yeah yeah, no, and I, I think that's like, I mean, everyone in youth ministry knows that once students hit out of high school, it's just like they either stop showing up to church or they actually stay. And and I feel like 90% of the time they end up they end up leaving. And um, I love that idea of just being being real with them. And um, but what are some like practical ways that we can get our students to stay without forcing them? <laughs> yeah, I think 
are you asking to get them to stay like involved in their local, like what they're yeah, part of? Whether that's because I think one of the biggest things when it comes to students and graduating high school is they feel like, and, and I feel like this kind of falls on youth pastors and the church. And I've done this myself. So um, where it's like big church, you know what I mean? It's like the kids ministry term of mm-hmm. big church. Like, oh, you've graduated youth ministry. You got to go to big church. Um, I think that's a huge negative content or um, a negative way of doing it and so like what are some ways that as a youth pastor or as a youth leader people can just have their students either stay connected in their local youth ministry or even just plugged into Sunday morning church yeah I think so I think it's twofold I think letting your students as with letting kids as students lead and be a part of kind of facilitating what their youth group looks like at maybe a senior level mm-hmm. um, is is helpful because many of us are so far removed from high school. It's, it's beneficial for us to have students be able to speak to what a service looks like. And so they're serving in that environment already as a senior. But I think something that, I mean, Gary preached into me and Elliot and all of us really is that we want students to say they don't attend youth at our church, but they attend our church. Mm-hmm. So that's full scale. They come to youth, but they're also involved on Sundays. They're serving Sunday mornings, um, you know. So if you have a student in the mindset of serving in that context, I think it's easier. It's an easier transition because nothing really changes other than the fact that they learn that if you're getting like your source material or your scripture from Wednesday nights, like you're not or your youth night, you're not reaching the depth that you now are extended to. You now need to be in a Sunday morning context and taking taking you know what you can learn from that that space as well yeah i think that like uh you kind of talked about this like with um seniors and stuff i think one thing that can help this thing that we're talking about is just um even being better at kind of like the seasons that students are in um and like relationally what that looks like so I, i think of a student right now who is a senior in our youth ministry um and my relationship with him is already kind of changing where i'm i'm trusting him with more stuff uh we're spending more time less of there's a friendship being built and i think that's what we're we're not always good at is like how how to navigate those different seasons because a junior higher doesn't need a friend they need a leader they need a pastor um and i think some that's the the issue is we we think we either just have to be friends with all of our students or we can't be friends with any of them and i think what helps kind of this transfer process is especially people in their senior year you got to kind of start to get into that zone of of treating them a little bit differently um because it i mean gary has seen this more than any of us but he and i think he's done it really well where he's led people as their pastor but then pretty seamlessly has led them as like a friend and and they become a leader and the relation there's never like this ceremony or something happens where it's like okay now i'm your friend it's just like <laughs> it, it starts happening i think of this one student in particular where it's it's funny just as we're starting to spend more time and i'm trusting him with more things and our our relationship is already changing and it's preparing him for after his senior year yeah. he my my investment in his life isn't over because he's out of youth ministry whether he becomes a leader in youth ministry or not he's a part of the church and he's a part of my life yeah. and so yeah. i think yeah yeah i don't know if that makes sense but you know what i'm saying like just being aware of the, the the different season that you're in relationally i think is important yeah i mean it's the the key to students sticking around really is giving them a reason to and 
you know, it's what we've done is, is always have tried to make way for our students to be involved in Sunday mornings. Mm. I mean, the complaint we hear around at most churches, you know, sadly enough is, well, uh, you know, I don't like Sunday mornings. It's boring. <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, not for me. Um, you know, we heard that for years, but we also saw the importance of getting students plugged in. So finding them to have a role, whether that's worship, kids, first impressions, um, they have to have a place to belong on Sundays. Otherwise, they're just coming and attending and they're sitting into, unfortunately, too, t- too many times a message that's over their head or not for them. And, and part of the problem is, I mean, this is bigger than this podcast, but um, telling lead pastors, you got to preach to the room, not yeah, to sure. your, your tithers. Um, True. And um, and it's just really important. You know, it's one thing I work hard on is my stories, my um, illustrations. Um, just remembering, I'm preaching to the 16, 15 year old in the room as well as the 64 year old in the room, and and everyone in between. And if more lead pastors would do that, we'd hear less of that complaint. But but key to that is we've always. Um, had students that stayed a part of what we were doing and it's because they had a role they were part of sunday mornings yeah absolutely if you think about it like you you have a student and you put yourself back as a high schooler and your your decisions are for the most part made for you by your parents and then you Mm -hmm. turn 18 and it's like okay go ahead and make the biggest decision of your life are you going to stay here or move and change your entire context and go to a school what school do you want to you know they're bombarded by all these options really and and so for the students that stick around it's it's almost more beneficial to stick around than to go out and find something new but i i can think of one student who he moved away from home and is pursuing you know his his army and medical career and and i just was straight with him i said listen it's going to be hard for you to find uh, a church within your context and within your community that you're going to but that's like one of the most important things you can do to to stay grounded. And when you find a church, serve. Don't just attend, but serve. And and he's, to this day, him and his mom have called me and just said, thank you for being honest with me because I didn't, no one else told me how hard it was going to be. Mm. And I, I kind of was expecting for this to be difficult. Yeah. And and it's, it's something, but it also at the same time is something worth fighting for and worth pushing through to find that community. Because I'm sure there's many pastors where he, he ended up that you know, I think of all the college kids that come to Vanguard, like there's an open door policy at Cornerstone, not only to come and serve, but just come hang out and get involved, uh, you know, be a part of it. And that's, I mean, mainly what drove me to end up serving it at Found Valley. Yeah, yeah. there's a, also an open door policy in Norco, too, if you go to Vanguard. It's only about 30 minutes away. Listen, yeah, I know we're probably going to move to a different kind of topic, but I'll say this about what Tyler's talking about, like as far as our responsibility as youth pastors, if people are staying in your area i think basically find a way to get them plugged in make make them a part of the greater church if they're leaving i think don't just say like hey you got to find a spot like be invested in that process be like hey here's some place i texted so and so and told them that you're going to be that you know like like that that's that's the beauty of this community as well is um we, we know where people are going we have these relationships already built and so it's not just a matter of being like Hey man, make sure you find a church. It's like I'll help you, bro. Like let let's get you plugged in somewhere. Um, because you're right. If they're not plugged in or they're not serving, they're not involved. Like they're gonna miss it. And uh, so, anyways, yeah, yeah. And, and Elliot kind of already kind of hinted towards this. There's another big part of, of Tyler's story that um 
I think we kind of want to talk about and we want to dive into because I think this is a topic that sometimes we don't want to uh, we kind of dodge, I guess I, I could say, and that's um, dealing with church hurt. And so, Tyler, I'll just let you share um, a little bit about that. Yeah, so I guess a, a bit of a backstory uh, from my previous context of serving in youth ministry. Um, you know, I guess the for me the the details aren't really that important. I'm I'm would surely uh, share it on probably a smaller scale. But for the for the sake of that church and the people involved, basically um, was serving at a church for three and a half years part time. Was also working for the city. Um, basically weed whacking full time and, uh, you know, just starting a family, doing all that stuff and was basically approached, um, by my pastor with some frustrations that he had. And, uh, I think there, I, I would agree that they were warranted. And so I took steps that I needed to the following day to, uh, fix those things and to basically make them as much as I could, uh, disappear and essentially work, work towards a, a solution. And then, um, a week later, he came back in my office and said, we decided to let you go. And so, um, along with the shock of that, just coming out of nowhere, um, yeah, it's kind of been a big part of my story. And, and I, I think it's important to talk about because, uh, as soon as that happened to me, I, there was no resource that I could find out there that was specific towards me. And I would like to say, um, that it wasn't because of a character issue or a moral failure. It was simply um, a difference in opinion, I guess I would say. Mm. Um, so it, it, it was, yeah, that's, that's a bit of the backstory, I guess, of, of why, you know, we're talking about it today. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that, that that's hard, and I've, I've had friends that have gone through similar situations, not um, – exactly like that but um i've asked the question or proposed the question of like how did you um push through that i guess is probably the best way of saying that because now obviously it's like a lot of times i've had friends that have worked at churches that have been fired from a church kind of without explanation and now they no longer serve in church and some of them no longer believe in jesus and so to see you on the other side of it now serving at a church and now working at a church as a youth pastor like how is your story so different than others? I'd, I'd say I'd, I did do some positive things, but a lot of what I did was also negative <laughs> and uh, unhealthy. So I guess I, I speak to it more to help someone potentially learn from the mistakes that I made. But, you know, essentially after going through this, I found that there was, like I said, nothing out there for me. And so I kind of just went into a, um, a self-preservation mode because essentially that Monday we, me and my pastor spoke through what the transition would look like. Um, on Tuesday morning, I told my fellow staff, so the kids pastor, all those other people, his, his, even his wife didn't know. So I told her that morning that afternoon, I had my leaders at my house and I told them what had happened. And, uh, and then that Wednesday night, I was luckily given the opportunity, which I'm great, grateful to this man for the opportunity to address my students and, and essentially that was it. We were gone. But um, I would say one of the biggest things that I, I took from a book that I had read, you know, years prior to that was my goal in this entire transition was to be a David and not an Absalom. Mm. Um, this was not my, it was not my place to try and tear down the person in, in 
responsible for making that decision, nor to sway the opinions of the church that were still underneath his pastorship. I think I, I knew that maybe I disagreed with some of the reasoning, but realistically, when it, when it pertained to the church and the people involved, that wasn't the importance of that. I didn't need to rally people to my side because ultimately God has called him to that place of leadership and I have to honor that. And so really our, our I like I said, kind of self-preservation mode of like, I was able to kind of fall apart Monday when I came home and told my wife and she just like had to pick her job off the floor, like what mm. just happened? And I was kind of, swirling called Gary called a few other people that were in my corner that weren't attached to the church that know me before I was the pastor at this church and were able to just kind of speak to me honestly and 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 you know just kind of communicate their love and and care for me because I felt at that point all sorts of abandonment stuff um but you know it was easy because I was able Tuesday to manage my fellow staff and my my leader's emotions. I didn't have to worry about myself. I was able to manage theirs. And then Wednesday, managing my students shocked to the fact that we were leaving because there were no signs of it at all. And then, you know, the weeks after it just became about going and finding work. You know, shortly after that, we found out our second baby was on the way and I was working part-time at the city. I was delivering pizzas for a pizza shop and um, that wasn't going well. And then luckily found my way to the aerospace industry for a couple of years, just working with super gnarly people, but really just kind of taking the time that I needed to process, to heal, you know, through some counseling and, and obviously relationships around me to kind of help communicate consistently that the calling is still there. I did make a difference at this church, whether or not the reasoning was worth it or not, you know, it's, it's, kind of speaking to who Tyler is, not youth pastor Tyler. And mm-hmm. and an unhealthy, unhealthy thing I did was I realized how much of my identity was wrapped up in being a youth pastor. Because mm. the minute I lost my position as a youth pastor, my paid position as a youth pastor, I wasn't able to keep those relationships with students really because I wanted to remove myself so that the current and remaining staff could contain the youth ministry. And yeah, there was a bunch of fall off. Yeah going through that as a student, you don't really understand. I can't really speak to the specifics, nor can anyone else. And so um, I just, my identity was found as a youth pastor. It's what I did for work. It was my sphere of friends were because I was a youth pastor. My identity was taken from me. And, And realistically, if anything God did for me was gracious in putting people in my life to, to basically reshape and, and, reform my identity not only as a son of god but what is my identity as a dad yeah what is my identity as a husband detached from the church um detached from the building the people of the church but but it's not separated from god who am i to be as a dad who am i to be as a husband who am i to be as a as a normal person that lived in this town you know to interact with day-to-day people um so i think that was that was something that shook me immediately, but it was something that I was able to build on and, and kind of work through in that process. Yeah. So that's incredible. I mean, I have something to say about this, but also I just have to point out Tyler delivering pizzas. He, he was putting his life on the line. Okay. He was my roommate and he is severely lactose intolerant. Like not just like it makes my tummy hurt. Like it could kill him. And so he's working with cheese and dairy daily. Wait, this is real. Yeah. He's like really lactose intolerant. 
But uh, like, which like, he wants. So if we get, if I get milk on my skin, I'll get hives. No, it's like if bad. I, if so. I eat it, my throat will swell shut. And yeah, my like, will swell. like he is a allergic to it, not just like mm, it makes me gassy. Like so. Uh, anyways, but church hurt. Back to that. So, <laughs> listen. Hurt, um, yeah, pizza hurt. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, I just like I really do respect and appreciate Tyler sharing yeah. the vulnerability of this story because I think it relates to a lot of us just in church, like whether people have walked through a similar situation to you, which I'm sure people have, or just like you're dealing with hurt that has to do from being a part of a church or working at a church. Um, one of the things that I really respect about Tyler uh, is he didn't let this define him. Mm. You know, he has a family. Uh, he very easily could have just been like, I'm never going to put us in that situation again. I'm not going to let that happen. But he is a youth pastor. And I remember us having conversations because um, I do believe being a youth pastor is more than a position. It's it's like who you are. There's a lot of people who have some things to say about the opening of this podcast by youth pastors for youth pastors. But we continue to say that because being a youth pastor is who we all are. It's It, it doesn't have to do with a job title and, and that is who Tyler is. Um, but I think when it comes to even my own experience with church hurt, uh, as a pastor's kid who's grown up in church, dealing with stuff with leaders, one of the things that's helped me out a lot is um, not being surprised by it. Mm. And I don't mean that in a cynical way, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like not in this like jaded, like I just didn't, I expect it. Uh, but it's just like, we're dealing with people. I, I read somewhere the other day, uh, on this topic of church hurt, someone said the church has never hurt anybody. Mm. People hurt people. Yeah, like, sure. um, and I think remembering that is just important. Like we put these expectations on people and then they act like people and we're like surprised by it. Or we, you know, we let, we let it be an indication of God. Like God is perfect and he loves us and he's never going to let us down. Um, and he believes in the church. So I believe in the church and I don't put up with the church. I love it. And I'm not surprised when I'm let down by somebody because they're just a person. And, yeah. and I hope people aren't surprised when I let them down because uh, I'm a person striving to be more like Jesus every day. But I think that's like that's the biggest thing is like Tyler could have let this define him. All of us could let the church hurt that we face define us. Um but I think there's power in saying I'm not going to be defined on what's happened to me, whether it was fair or whether it wasn't. I'm going to choose integrity. Uh, I'm going to choose honor. Like it, you can never go wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, it just it always works out. I just know that I, you know, and I'll say this with Tyler, too, is, is I've never heard him badmouth that church or that pastor through yeah. the whole process. So good. And that says a lot. And I think that's part of it, when you're able to do that and who knows he might have a dartboard in his house <laughs> <laughs> but but in in the reality though when you don't let yourself you know you, you're going to be hurt you're going to be there for a bit but you have to at some point choose i'm not going to live in this yeah. um, but i'm going to move on and i'm hurt and the hurt's real and, and it's there for a bit but um, part of that is when you live in it and you talk about it and you just yeah. spend the next two so months good, just, yeah, just yeah. destroying that church because you're angry and you're hurt, mm -hmm. which are true feelings, but it causes you to live there even longer yeah, and for carry sure. it for, you know, sometimes a lifetime. Yeah, I, I'm so, I was just talking with uh, someone about this the other day, like, I get so sick of these TikToks of people that are like, 
exposing the church that they worked at and like because like there are people who've really been through some some stuff yeah but i get so sick of people that are just like talking about volunteering at a church and like it was toxic and it's like bro you just volunteer like you just don't like serving you know like it, i don't know i'm not trying to not validate what people go through but i think we have the ability to choose i'm not going to be a victim of my circumstance and and not to say that there isn't like some of the calls or, or some of the counseling or some of the things to be able to work through this. Um, but what I appreciate about Tyler is like, yeah, you said he chose honor and he chose to not be a victim of his circumstance. And I'm so, like all of us, the, the second we got the text from Tyler that he got hired at uh, this church in Temecula to be the youth pastor, it was just, it's like a coming home party. Like, it's just like, yes, this is what you were built for. This was, uh, this is been a long time coming uh and yeah i don't know it just feels right and i i think it's because this could have never happened if you let what happened to you define you yeah i would say this too just just uh you know putting it all on the table here too is is really encourage you guys that that have uh, that know guys who've gone through this and 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 Tyler and I have talked about this but for me it's it's you know I was there in the beginning but I'm a real out of sight out of mind person and yeah. so I didn't continue like long term you know years later walking Tyler through this and and if you know someone who's going through like that, especially if they've been in your youth ministry crew and, and continue to try to, to reach out to him. And like I said, Tyron, I've talked about this and, and it's something I wish I would have done better, but it, it's tough because, you know, it is. We get so busy and we kind of get a, you know focused on the next big thing, the next big event that we forget some of the destruction that's been in the path. Yeah. And, and um, just remembering that if you uh, have someone you know that's gone through it, like continue to, co- continue to connect with them. Yeah, sure. such a good point. Yeah, I've got a couple of takeaways if we've got time yeah, for that. Yeah. I think so. One thing is just as I kind of spoke to is be aware of how many people are watching you exit. Mm. Mm, your students good. are watching. Your parents yeah. are watching. Your current staff that's still underneath that pastorship are watching. Yeah. You know, you're. If I could have, if I would have left that church in a way that was destructive. I could pretty much kiss away my opportunity of becoming a youth pastor ever again. Yeah. Because I've had conversations with people that I've interviewed with and they've asked me, you know, why were you fired from this church? And I'm able to openly discuss it and say, call my pastor. He'll tell you the same story I'm telling you. It's, it's, it's that way across the board. And, and I think we lose sight of that and we yeah. want to feel bad for ourselves. And we, we want to, as Gary said, set up a dartboard maybe from time to time, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's more, yeah, that's another takeaway further down. But I think also this process could have either been redemptive or destructive. Mm-hmm. As we've said, you know, I could have walked away from the church and, and, and unfortunately right after this, this happened in September, COVID hit. Yeah. So unfortunately that decision was somewhat made for me of like, okay, we don't attend church. No one else attends church. Yeah. So it kind of allowed us to just find the healing that we needed to in our, in our timing. Um, I think also believing that God has better for you down the road and that the hurt or the, the firing or whatever it may be that you're, you're processing is a way that God is using to get you to where he wants you. Um, I truly feel that the reason that it was an extension of God's grace to get removed from that church, the way that it happened simply because I, I so strongly crave for longevity in youth ministry instilled in me by Gary 
and that's why I worked for Gary, I would have been I would have been loyal to a fault. Mm. Yeah. Potentially at the at the the disadvantage of my family even wow. yeah, to this church because I felt like I needed to hold on to that position so tightly and then when it was taken from me it was like, Lord, you're gonna have to use this because yeah. I see myself as, as damaged goods. And I don't know who would want to hire someone who's already been told you can't do this anymore. Um, but obviously God's in the story of redemption. So it could have been destructive, but I chose for it to be a redemptive story. And so yes, good. I took the time I needed to get there. But um, yeah, and I guess just the last thing, you know, trusting his timing. Mm. Trust God's timing. It, I was three years from the moment that I left that church to coming back in a ministry. Actually, it was two years and 11 months, but... Three but who's better. counting? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it was it, it took three years to get back in place, and and I didn't I you know stayed focused, but I also when it came time to take care of my family, I didn't I had to get up and go to yeah, work. It's good, bro. You know, and and support my family, and I, I I think that it's super honorable when people are yes able to go back into the church, but for me and my family, we need some time to mm-hmm. make sure we weren't bringing our baggage into the next youth ministry. Yeah, you know, and and. As Gary was saying, it's important to rally the troops, rally your crew. You know, I, I fell into this stage of I'm not going to reach out. I'm not a youth pastor anymore, so I'm not going to reach out to these guys. And and so I, I kind of created that bed for myself. And realistically, if you're going through that out there, just know that, A, you're not alone. People may just not be talking about it. Uh, but secondarily, man, if you don't have people in your corner, call these guys, call your district and find out who is in your area. Cause yeah. we, we stayed in that town for three years. You know, in fact, my wife and kids still live there. We're, we're kind of going back and forth right now, but you know, it's reach outside of your community, people that aren't attached to the church, but people that can, can, can know you for who you are, not your position. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately allow God to speak his redemption through that. That's great. That's good. That's good stuff. Um, Tyler, what we like to do at the end of these podcasts, and especially with season three, is we've asked uh, listeners to propose some questions for us. And we got one in from Brian Ramsey, and his question. Brian. Brian. His question is, um, what do you think is the most important thing a youth pastor should develop? And this isn't just for you, Tyler. It's for everyone. But what is the most important thing you think a youth pastor should develop? Themselves. Ooh, ding, 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 <laughs> ding. Don't spend your personal private time as a way to do sermon prep. Like you need to have a divided time just for yourself to, to develop, go to conferences, read books, listen to books if you're not a big reader. Yeah. Uh, but development of yourself is, is first and foremost, you know, for your ministry. If you're, if you're, development is shallow your youth ministry is going to be shallow mm. dude mm. i don't think there's a better there's... answer than that develop yourself like that's it bro because yeah, yeah it, it, it then the more like genuine you are um that's the better you are as a youth pastor 100%. And, and and being okay with the things that you're you're not necessarily good at you know yeah. um you could watch and do these sermon preps all day long but if it's just like not what you're the best at then spending all your time just trying to get better at it isn't sure. going to really yeah. do much. And I, I love that idea, Tyler, of just developing yourself before the right reason. Yeah. And I fall into this all the time. I'm like, I need to read my Bible so that mm-hmm. I can blah, 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 blah. But it's just like, 
and it kind of goes back to even what you talked about earlier in this whole idea of one of the biggest takeaways you had from this is just being okay with being a son, like a son mm-hmm. of God, you know, like I, it could be kind of like cheesy to talk that way, but I'm saying like we find our identity and yeah. like what we do and that we're a youth pastor and just, that's what I always try to get back to in my own like devotional time. It's just like, I'm just Elliot Bland. Like I just need to be okay in this moment. I need to be with God, you know? Yeah. And I 100%. think that in turn will just make you better at whatever that is that you need to do. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Like when, I stepped to the side and Robert took over as the youth pastor. Like for like the first three months, I was just kind of like, what do I do? Like that was kind of like what you're saying, Tyler. Like that was my identity. And I kind of struggled with that for a long time, but it was exactly like you said. It's just going back to the father, figuring out, hey, you are not defined by your position. You are defined by um, God. And so just taking that and running with that. But I think that's huge. Like you knocked that one out of the park. We don't even have to like talk about that much longer. Um, Good answer. Good answer. Survey says yourself. What's that from? Family Feud. Yeah, I don't watch that. Um, I don't Family Feud. Answer, it's not on Hee Haw. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, with that being said, Tyler, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Hey, if you have any questions that you want answered on the podcast or any topics you want us to go over, uh, you can go ahead and reach out to any of us personally. But if you want to, you can just head over to Instagram and go to SoCal Youth Pastors. DM us. We'd love to get in contact with you. But other than that, thank you guys so much for tuning in today, and we will make sure to catch you on the next podcast.